Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, here we go. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast. This is the Week 11 betting recap and Week 12 look ahead. I'm Sucky, and with me, as always, is Colin Wilson. Look, I have to tell you, you would have been so proud of me. I took a video of it in a bar in Lexington, going wild. The only one in there, people staring at me for whooping silly at the very end to beat LSU. It was such a perfect marriage. You had the first half, LSU money line. I had Arkansas money line. What a win. Woo, pig suey. Yeah, I'd say you can't handicap a game better than that. Arkansas has now lost five straight games at halftime and then managed these amazing comebacks, Mississippi State, LSU. And, I mean, that's the reason I didn't want any part of the full game cap because I thought this would go down to the wire. Amazing game. I'm glad Arkansas has the boot back. Sam Pittman is a little bit richer. He's going to try to get even more richer against Missouri, and we're going to get a nice sunny bowl down in Florida. And then you and I head-to-head in Nevada, San Diego State, everything we could want. I mean, if you huh, – Again, I forgot about that too. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if you were one of the ones like with me that saw the play come in on the Action Network app on San Diego State Moneyline when it was released, we got paid. You got minus one, you got paid. You got minus two. You pushed. So sadly for the uh, the BBOC live show on Saturday, I lost by a hook. You got to win by a hook. But I mean, hell of a game. Sorry about the Nevada futures. But uh, I mean, it, to me, that was a fantastic uh, watch from a consumer perspective. Yeah, I wish Cole Turner would have played. By the way, overall for my week 11, it was another middling week for me. Last bowl season, I went 24 and 7. We were getting every bounce. That's coming, right? Like we lose Clemson on a kick return for a touchdown and a fumble at the one. It's unfortunate. We lose Tulane again. Like that's that was just heartbreaking. What a swing that was. Miss a 25-yarder to win it and then lose in overtime by seven. I mean, just crush. Just killer. So it's coming. The run is coming. 
We are right there. How was your week overall? Yeah, I mean, I, on the app, I finished up pretty much even like down one unit. Went two and three on our live BBOC live show uh, with San Diego State being the killer. But uh, I'll just go ahead. Tulane, Tulane was crushed, crushed us. Might as well go ahead and say, you know, best bet, worst bet, you know, bet regret. I mean, my best bet by far, there were three of them that we talked about on the on the podcast. And, and to be real short, Ole Miss was my big, was my best bet on the show. Uh, glad that Good came call through. There. Yeah, glad that came through for everybody. Ohio State team total over cashed in the second quarter. And Oregon State. Just steamrolled a Stanford team that's lifeless without Tanner McKee. You said a best call, worst call, bet regret. Let's go through my card here. Best call. Sorry, I was against you here. Georgia State. Grayson McCall is worth that much to the spread. Thank you very much. The rumors, cute steam, didn't play. Georgia State outright. And the reason that was also my best call is because we have Georgia State uh, win total over. So, um. Definitely my worst call. Like Bryce Carpenter, like we, so the whole narrative out there was, is Grayson McCall worth 10 points to the spread? Yes. Uh, I think we've proven that the drop to Bryce Carpenter is 20 points to the spread. So good call by you saying, yes, he's worth more than 10. And now I finally agree. I thought Carpenter being there for four years and, and, and Jamie Chadwell knowing him, they would have put up a better, you know, performance. I was so nervous that once that, that steam was coming in, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Um, Chris McCall's going to suit up here. But he didn't. So, But that was huge for our win total outright. Um, by the way, I don't know if we're, we're going to get the voicemails in a second, that Wyoming cover. Have you ever seen anything more amazing? <laughs> I'll take the unit. That you deserve Washington it. State. That and Washington, Washington State. State? Oh, yeah, the push. We got a push there. Did you have 14 and a half? Yeah, I did. You dirty dog. Um, <laughs> an, another best call. This is by – look, I listened to you here. You got – you. You pushed us on the Michigan Penn State first half under. Yep. That was not a sweat. And by the way, Michigan finally gets that win, that big win on the road that Harbaugh and Michigan fans have been waiting for. But if you go back into that game, what is James Franklin doing? He gets the fake punt and then a fake field goal on the two after you've already done a fake punt. Come on, man. No need to get cute there. You go for it, kick the field goal. I think Franklin and Lane Kiffin went to a uh, no field goal, fake field goal convention. I've never seen so many missed points in my, I mean, for Lane Kiffin, it didn't matter. They had some pick sixes and stuff, but yeah, I mean, this whole fake field goal thing is like a virus. Yep. Let's see. Worst call, Iowa under, never close, awful call. Uh, But I mean, other losses, Clemson, Troy, even gain. They just somehow didn't cover. Oh, Tennessee, man, this is every week. Tennessee first half. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, they look good the first Tennessee had the great game plan the first three drives, and then Georgia adjusted and it was over. Plus eleven first plus eleven and a half first half, though was <sighs> Maryland plus thirteen. I mean, that was <laughs> even game. Worst call, I guess, was uh I guess Washington State. But they they pushed, but I'll say that's my worst call. And and Iowa Iowa under for sure. Bet regret. Every gambler knows that feeling. Let's talk bet regret. Bet regret is not jumping on Notre Dame when the line was steaming. Um, I couldn't get full confirmation until later in the day that Brennan Armstrong was out. But you could argue that Brennan Armstrong, that line didn't go up high enough. Brennan Armstrong to these two stars 
that are Virginia's backups, it's close to the drop-off of Grayson McCall to Carpenter. That's an enormous drop-off. This is a pro quarterback to two-star. I'll be nice, just two stars. So not jumping on Notre Dame there, there was just no way that Virginia's defense is awful. So there's no way that they were going to keep up with Notre Dame. But there are rumors about Notre Dame flu. So, but I, I without 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 Brennan Armstrong, without Brennan Armstrong, Virginia is nothing. So that was my bet. Regret is not jumping on Notre Dame once uh, saw Armstrong was out. How about you? Best call, worst call, bet, regret? Worst call was definitely Coastal. Uh, that that was uh, not even close. Uh, assuming Bryce Carpenter, who's been there forever, could. Uh, take over the offense and there wouldn't be that much of a drop, but it shows you how important Grayson McCall is. And uh, we'll see how high he goes at the next level. Uh, bet regret is two of them. And I came on here and made best bet on the podcast, Missouri. And the number was moving as we made that podcast. It went from a pick to one to one and a half. And uh, even though I had like money myself on the game, I wanted to put in the best number and I never put it in uh, into the app. So Mizzou bet regret uh, from an app perspective after making it the best bet on the podcast. And then Texas Tech, I said with, you know, Sugar, the new, uh, you know, the, the young kid, the Donovan kid coming in at quarterback, they could win the game outright. They won the game outright as 10, 10 and a half point underdogs. And uh, that never got into the app. So two bet regrets there. 62 yard field goal to yeah. win it for Texas Tech to crush any hope I had for my Iowa State Big 12 futures after Oklahoma laid an egg. And then Tulane can't make a 26-yarder with a kicker, a six-year kicker. Great. All right, let's go through some. We'll get to the voice in one second. But to recap what happened in the top 20, we had a big shakeup. Oklahoma's dead. Dead, done. See ya. Big 12 is done. I mean, Oklahoma State, do they have a chance? If they, with, Oklahoma, with Oklahoma losing, though, it makes them uh, – like mean- that win's not going to be as impressive. I mean, if you follow the laws of the college football playoff, a one-loss conference champion would trump an undefeated G5. We've had that. Well, Cincinnati's done. Cincinnati's done. I don't see any way they can get in. Yeah, but I'm just saying I don't think the Big 12 is done. It's just whoever wins Bedlam has got to win again the next week. That's it. You've got to win two in a row to, to make it to the national championship game. So, But you, but you think so – I, I just think this sets up for, Bam, for two-loss Bama. Over the Big 12. I can't see a two-loss at-large getting in over a Power 5 one-loss champion. I, I don't see it. And Michigan, you know what? I think Michigan would get that at-large bid before anybody. So Yeah, if they don't go, if they don't go to the – well, they would have two losses, though. If they lose to Ohio maybe, State. Or not, they're, if they, not if Michigan State beats Ohio State and Michigan beats Ohio State. Yes, but that's not happening. Michigan State's not beating Ohio State. Michigan State's <laughs> bad. Oregon is still alive. If Oregon wins out, they're going. By the way, that's a gr- I think they're going to be underdogs next weekend. Uh, we're recording on Sunday morning, so we don't know what the line is going to be, but I project it to be Utah minus two. That should be right in that neighborhood. When we know Georgia's in. Oh, yeah, no matter what. The ACC is dead. The Pac-12 could die next week if Utah beats Oregon. Yep. Right? The Big 12 could die. Man, I mean, it's going to be really interesting. This all is setting up. I'm telling you, it's all setting up for a two-loss Alabama. I just, I, it's interesting if the committee. I, I, I would watch their rankings very closely this week. Where does what if Bedlam, what if Bedlam splits? The Big 12's done, right? They both have two yeah, losses. Yeah, absolutely. Bedlam splits. They're done. Uh, so that's going to get in with three losses. 
That's my prediction. Alabama's not going to get it with three losses. They're going to lose to add Auburn. They're going to lose in the SEC championship and get in. <laughs> well, you're going to get some about 50 to one odds whenever they get their third loss. So you can take that, but I won't be on that. I think the committees, uh, I, I think everybody should pay attention to the rankings this week because there's and some important questions to, to ask. Where does Wake with one loss fall? Where does Oklahoma with one loss fall? Where does Oklahoma State fall? One loss fall. And then where does the Big Ten East, everybody with one loss fall? Because your pecking orders are really important as far as Cincinnati being undefeated. Uh, I'm not sure Cincinnati is going to slide like they did last year because they actually moved up last week. So they're going to have to start answering questions. Does a one loss Big 12 or ACC champ overcome Cincinnati? That's that's the big question. But if you're a Cincinnati fan or futures older, there's a path. Wake and lose. Utah beats Oregon. Big 12 bedlam splits. All of a sudden, since you could get in by default, right? Yeah, that's, all of a sudden you're the in. Path. All of a sudden you're yeah. in, and you would be the largest point spread in the history of college football playoff because I believe a 17 and a half is the largest spread we've ever had between Washington and Alabama. I believe Notre Dame had that against Alabama last year. So I don't think I've ever seen a spread over 18 points in the college football playoff. There was that Michigan State year against OU. That might have been higher. I'll have to check. But, I mean, it's going to be a large spread. I don't know. I'm curious to see if the committee moves up Cincinnati for beating Georgia by five. Oh, wait, that was college basketball. All right, um, let's get to our voicemails. Bad beats, back doors, and miracle covers. However you're feeling, we want to hear from you. You have reached the voicemail box of the Big Bats on Campus podcast. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Leave a message after the bleep. Are you kidding me with this middle-of-the-week match and I've got Ohio over 60 and a half. Eastern Michigan just trots their way straight down the field. These kids are fighting their hearts out to get me this over. Punch in the touchdown, and this mother Chris Creighton, son of a mother wants to go for two to cut it to six instead of kicking the extra point and cutting it to seven. Take your analytics and stick them up your Have a happy holiday, Chris Creighton. Peace uh, by the way, yeah, you had the over 60, which you I pushed, did. Right? Well, yeah, no, the game landed 60. I pushed my 60, but yeah, you pushed it, but it should have should have landed 61. The game closed 61 and a half. I mean, did, did Creighton have the over? What was he doing? Yeah. Look, for people that don't understand this, it does make sense. If you're down eight, I mean, if you're down 14 and you score at the very end of the game, you go for two, you try to cut it to six, it increases your regulation win probability, right? So if you don't get the two, you're going to have another chance to go for two and tie it. But if you get it then you and you get the ball back, you win just by scoring and kicking an extra point. There's math on it. It does make sense. But let's ban it. Let's, let's ban this. It, this is just it's, – it's too much for betters. This, we cannot allow this to happen. Kick the extra point. I know what the analytics say, but come on. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Colin's stuck. I cannot – believe Wyoming just backdoor. First of all, they were covering the whole game. They throw that interception and then Boise for some reasons decides to throw uh, like in the floor. Like, I, I don't even know what to say. 30 seconds clock rolling and that miracle touchdown. Let's go. Uh, by the way, there's five teams yeah, let's say yeah, there's not five teams that would have 
a less likelier chance of scoring in that situation than Wyoming, a team that is just incapable of throwing the ball down the field. But that kid in there is their only good receiver, and he's an explosive play, uh, just a walking explosive play. He caught the ball, jukes in, he looks back, and that's at midfield. And then someone sent me the uh, – he said me watching the that kid run and trying to get him to the end zone. And it was the Kramer gift from Seinfeld watching the horse. And that was me. I was right near the TV. I was like, is this really happening? And then I it was like, oh, my God, it's going to get caught. And you know, if he got caught at the one, Wyoming was getting was going to run up the field and get stuffed yep. at the one. I was like, please don't review this. Please don't. But I, he was in. And then all of a sudden, this is how sick we are, as sick as gamblers. I said, oh, my God, we can't let them uh, return the onside kick for a touchdown. I've been traumatized by Louisiana Tech doing that to me. What an amazing cover that we did deserve, by the way. But what a roller coaster. Yeah, Levi Williams to uh, Isaiah Nair, uh, uh, gambling gods. They got to be thrown into the gambling Heisman Trophy conversation for that cover. Welcome to potentially the SCP Bad Beats Reel. <laughs> Hey, Colin and Stucky. I just wanted to say thank you all for fading Georgia once again, betting against Georgia's number one defense again. Just keep on doubting it. Keep on telling yourself that they haven't played anybody. This team's offense isn't good. This team's offense is good. Who who cares? Keep fading it. They are the best defense in the country, and you deserve to lose when you do that, and I hope you had fun betting on the Vols and their horrible trash-ass football team and their fat, multiple-chinned coach. Have fun. F*** you. Uh, by the way, I hope you had fun betting Georgia against uh, Kentucky, a basketball school, baby. We covered BBN. Couldn't get a stop. Yeah, Tennessee. Way to cover the game. Uh, and I would play Tennessee first half a million times over again. I mean, the numbers don't say that this was a complete blowout. I'm staring at it right now. I mean, 30, 31% methodical drives. That's more than double the national average. They were way over the national average and two plus first downs. They actually moved the ball on Georgia. That uh, what team total was at 17, 17 and a half. They got there on the, on the points. And, and, you know, when I look at this, you know, two offensive turnovers killed them points, Per possession inside the 40 is where Tennessee fell apart. Only 2.1 compared to Georgia. They scored 5.1 points every time they cross the 40-yard line. But if you look at the – I'll just say this. I'm not going to get into it. But if you look into the spits, the the standard downs and passing down splits, Tennessee was above national average against Georgia in this game. They they did a really good job on offense. It's just – you know, one score away, one, one turnover, and a quick score by Georgia away from this actually being a cover. Yeah, in the first half, I mean, Georgia scores a touchdown to cover the first half in the and with a long touchdown pass of twenty seconds to go. But yeah, I, we had a ton of fun at the bar when we when we faded Georgia with Kentucky. That was amazing. Sucky, Colin, this is your residence K State fan. Kansas State has not been talking on this podcast for about seven weeks. All we are is a covering machine. I know I'm giving you guys all day on Twitter, but let me tell you, we are seven and one against the with Tyler Thompson, that quarterback, fully healthy. Oh my goodness, talk about us for one time. Kansas State is here to stay and let me tell you this i know this is a recap pod but listen to the next week kansas state at home against baylor i don't give don't give me the points kansas state outright it's a revenge for mother 2012 kansas state by a million book it now yeah. 2012 revenge but uh I, this guy i think this is the same guy who's tweeting at us i retweeted him and i said yes here i'll talk about it for you e-ball every man a wildcat baby uh yeah they're covering machines right now and that is a spectacular spot next week at home against Baylor. 
Okay, well, uh, you know, West Virginia had three offensive turnovers, and Kansas State was stuffed on 44% of their runs 39 times. They were stuffed 17 times. They barely averaged more than overall yards per play than West Virginia. I can tell you, remembering from editing the power ratings last night, Kansas State didn't get a bump whatsoever. Not an impressive box score. Congrats on your cover, but not enough for me to move the needle. So mean. Sorry. Yes, it wasn't It wasn't that impressive a win, but next week, Eam Wall, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Bodog Jim gets it done in Happy Valley, but you want to know what the f- definition of f- game is? The Maryland team total over 23 and a half. They had scored 21 points with eight minutes left in the third quarter. I had already written it in as a winner. And then, whatever his first name is, Tanga Bailoa, to his little brother, is in field goal range and takes a f- intentional grounding, gets him out of field goal range, and then shank it. Shake it. They blew two fourth downs. I am so pissed. I have to keep my voice down because I'm at my wife's family's house in the other room calling you guys because I'm so pissed. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, I can't even make up the Maryland losses anymore. Um, Maryland's last four drives of the game. Just needed one score to cover. Turned it over on downs three times in Michigan State territory and then missed a field goal. Didn't score in any of the drives. I think, that, I mean, they didn't cover two touchdowns again in a game where the yardage was equal. The same thing as what happened with Penn State last week. It's amazing. I don't care what the point spread is. I don't care how inflated it is. I, I don't I don't care what advantages I see in the in the matrix. I'm not betting Maryland. I'm I'm tired of forking over a unit every week on this team. They they who do they play next week? Just tell me they have a bye the rest of the year. They're gonna be about 17 point dogs to Michigan at home. What <laughs> up, Jim's gonna go <laughs> <route him. laughs> Just kill me now. <sighs> James Franklin tried to give the ball to his kicker to score a touchdown on fourth and goal. And uh, I swear to God, if anybody, anybody ever mentions James Franklin's name for a big time college coaching job, I'm gonna lose my. Mine. James Franklin is a disgrace. <laughs> that <laughs> interception machine. Hotty toddy. Ducky, Colin, about Saturday afternoon here in D.C. Watching my dog take a outside. And frankly, that's a little better than the Clemson UConn game. Are we ready to talk about how Dabo just kind of isn't that good of a coach without, you know, like all world quarterbacks? He Thanks. The last bit before Deshaun Watson was that 70-point smackdown at the hands of West Virginia. They f- stink. I can't believe I bet this game, and uh, I don't even yeah, blame anyone else. F- me. Uh, but unfortunately, yeah, I hate Clemson. Everyone knows I hate Clemson. I hate Dabo. I laid the points here, and the sad thing is it was the right side. Open and kick return for touchdown for UConn. Clemson fumbles it on first and goal at the one going into the end zone. I think UConn finished with 30 yards, somewhere around there. They had, I don't know, 40 plays for like 50 yards. One of the worst offensive performances in the history of college football. So what what does that box score look like? It's ugly. I've never seen uh, anyone get stuffed on 90% of runs. (laughs) 17 of 19 (laughs) runs by Connecticut were stuffed. They did have two passes exceed 15 yards, but they had an overall yards per play of 1.7 for the entire <laughs> the entire game. Uh, they're passing down success rate, uh, 
this was one of the and one of the catches, one of their catches that a 25 yard catch where it was thrown to the Clemson defensive back just at midfield, clear pick, but it hit him in the chest, bounced up in the air, and then another UConn receiver wasn't intended to caught it. That was what that won't show up in the box score. That was one of their 20 yard completions. But one of the reasons you didn't cover three kickoff returns for 190 yards. Yeah, 190 yards on kickoff returns. Yeah, and they fumbled at the one. And UConn recovered, I think, every fumble on sacks. I think they recovered five fumbles, all five fumbles in the game. Amazing. But, yeah, that was frustrating. What are you going to do? How poverty is this Clemson offense? We already knew it, but, oh, my God. I hope Dabo has bad plans tonight and can't sleep for a week because of that is exploding like a volcano. That guy, I hope Clemson is in the doldrums for the next 10 years yeah i mean the offense i have to say the offense was awful yeah i mean dj look i mean you look at some of the metrics he's been one of the worst quarterbacks in college football he was 17 of 37 at one point against uconn ugly yeah 21 of 44 47 completion rate only a 30 percent success rate three different <sighs> three different quarterbacks got some playing times clemson and passing downs now, remember, they're playing UConn. In 41 passing down attempts, they were only they only met the national average and success rate, and they averaged 4.9 yards. That's pathetic. Yep. All right, before we get to three and out and look at some of the games this upcoming weekend, next weekend, do have a quick reminder to check out our friends, Three Man Weave, Kai McEwen, Jim Root, Matt Cox, who are releasing bonus college basketball betting episodes every Wednesday morning here on the BBOC podcast. So if you're into betting college hoops, check out this week's episode and we'll transition to basketball full time in late December. We're just talking with uh, our producer looking like we're going to have three episodes a week in college basketball. Once we once, you know, college football winds down Monday, Wednesday, Friday is what it looks like. So excited for that. And the reason we're able to do that is because of you guys and your support. That's why we have our own channel to release more college content across the board you're gonna have uh i don't know if i'll be doing this with you you're gonna have uh, some college baseball college world series content next year yeah Zarell's gonna join us for a little college baseball so uh some good finally something that we've always wanted can't say anything about the app about having scores in there but you can expect by the time conference play starts we'll have at least one podcast we're definitely going to have a regionals betting podcast super regionals and of course the college world series you guys gonna uh make it out of the first game this year Oh boy, here we go. Uh, we are we will be the number one team in the nation and we will make Omaha. So don't don't fret. We'll be there. Woo pig suey. By the way, uh appreciate the reviews. Polish driver. It's finally taken me till week 10 to figure out whatever these the gens say do the opposite of finally making money. What a relief. Love the pod, love the comedy. You're not getting a uh he has five star though. You're not oh. getting any gear though. Mm, Dalton Brown. The show consistently makes me some lunchbox money while giving me two hours of enjoyable and informative college football content every week. The voicemails are gold. The picks win more often than they don't. And you'll learn a lot if you're new to betting or not following college football closely. And every once in a while, you get to hear Colin's grandma. What more could you ask for? Reach out to me or our uh, producer. We'll send you some gear. Whole weekend of college football packed into an hour podcast. They evaluate games the right way and are clear about what you should or shouldn't take a line. A great Friday morning listen. Oh, and the voicemails on Monday are elite. I agree. Yo, Lynette, you're getting some gear. So appreciate the reviews. Make sure 
they really help us out. So go on there and every Monday I'll just read out your name and you'll get gear. But sorry, Polish driver, you're not getting anything. All right, before we get out of here, let's go three and out. One, two, three. Let's make it a quick three and out. All right, first down, let's, uh, hey, look, it's a November week. You know what that means? Weekday action. Let's talk some Tuesday action. We have Toledo at Ohio. Toledo's offense, did it come alive yet last week, or was it just Bowling Green? Ohio has been a covering machine of late. The Bobs have figured it out. They were re- they looked really bad early on in the season. They obviously lost their coach unexpectedly late in the year, but it looks like they're starting to come around. We have Western Michigan at Eastern Michigan. Western Michigan escapes Akron. Two six and four teams there. And we have Bowling Green, three and seven at Miami, Ohio. The most interesting part of that game, and by the way, we'll have write-ups on all these games on actionnetwork.com and the Action Network app. The most interesting part of this, Bowling Green, Miami, Ohio, and then on Wednesday, you have Kent State taking on Akron. Now, both teams, Miami, Ohio, and Kent State are five and five. So they're playing for bowl eligibility, right? So that's you would think that would be some motivation. They're also playing these, you know, the, the bottom feeders of the Mac. But no matter what happens in either of those games, next week's game in Kent State between Miami of Ohio and Kent State will decide the division. So, like, they're not going to run it up. You're going to you're going to stay healthy. They're going to be big favorites. Are they looking ahead to it? Like, you could lose. Kent State could lose to Akron go to five and six on the year and it wouldn't matter for the division. They could beat my Ohio next week and they would win the division. So interesting motivation angle there, but uh, let's start with Tuesday. So, you know, Ohio, Western Michigan, Eastern Michigan, Bowling Green, Ohio, Miami, Ohio. Uh, anything stick out to you there in any of those games? Well, we'll start off with Toledo and Ohio. Uh, Toledo should be seven point favorites on the road. Lines have not been released yet as we record this in the morning. And I think the big handicap here is that Ohio loves to run the ball 60% of the time with Demontre Tuggle. Uh, and Curtis Rourke and now Armani, Armani Rogers is getting a whole bunch of playing time. And so the strength of the team is being 11th in line yards, 24th in rushing success rate. But the problem is, is that is Toledo's strength is defending the ground game. They're top 10 in defensive rushing success rate. They're fourth in PFF uh, being graded against tackling. Uh, and, and so it, this is going to be a really tough matchup for Ohio because they like to go to the ground game. Uh, big contrast in tackling. Like I said, Toledo's fourth. Ohio's defense, 127th in tackling. They're 125th in havoc. They're terrible at defending the air. And most importantly, Toledo with Finn, they are number one in the nation in standard downs explosiveness. So this may be a spot where I'm looking to lay Toledo. There's definitely going to be a lot of Ohio love because they've been covering machines. You got wow. to be kidding me. Now this is peak action. It is. Peak action. Switching over to Western Michigan and Eastern Michigan. This is a game where I'm not really positive how you take an under here. Uh, ben Bryant and the offense, they, you know, it, it's a balanced offense pass run about a 49% rate for the rush. So they do throw a lot though. That's where they're most successful top 25 and passing success rate. That's going to be really tough for a Western Michigan team that is 118th in coverage uh, graded by PFF. And they're outside the top 100 and allowing big plays. 
Eastern Michigan should get their points. More importantly with this game, both teams have heavy, heavy offensive finishing drive uh, advantages over the respective defenses that they're going up against. And let's not forget, Western Michigan is dead last, 130th in special teams, and this has to be in the handicap about taking. I don't know you can take an under with Western Michigan again because the number of kickoffs and punts that get returned is is insane. And Eastern Michigan's top 20 in special teams, so they're really a team that could take it to the house. Western Michigan's offense is going to be able to do whatever they want. Uh, They're they're mostly ground-based, 60% running the zone read. Uh, They're 14th in rushing success rate, and Eastern Michigan is almost dead last in defending the rush. So definitely an overplay there, a game that I project to be actually less than a field goal. So that's going to be your live betting game of the night on Tuesday. How beautiful is Maction? How (laughs) beautiful is Maction? Oh, man. Just when we thought we had peak Maction. And then with Bowling Green and Miami of Ohio, this is, you know, a game that the the Red Hawks have to have here. Not much that I could say about Bowling Green. They've kind of been floundering lately. uh, We thought their defense had something. And when you look at the entire season, they're top 25 in defensive passing success rate. Uh, So there's definitely something there for Gabbert to work on. Uh, Miami of Ohio has been an extremely explosive offense, 15th in big play percentage. So you're going to have to look at, you know, Bowling Green defending that. Bowling Green's terrible. Bottom 10 against the rush, bottom 10 in line yards. So this is a spot where I think you just lay it with Miami of Ohio, although it is a look ahead spot. But, you know, they're 20th in defensive havoc and Bowling Green's near dead last in protection of the football. So Miami of Ohio is definitely going to be the look there. Are you serious? Maction, you gotta love it. They're still playing for bowl eligibility, and, uh, you know, with Gabbert back, they've looked a lot better. And then this Bowling Green defense, maybe we, they tricked us, I think. I mean, <laughs> oof. Uh, they had, I, look, they had some bizarre results where they do, their defense dominated. Look at that the Minnesota game um, where Minnesota had like 150 total yards and the loss is a 30-point favorite. So they looked great early in the year, but looks like uh, – they were not as good as uh, I thought that they potentially were after some of those early season results. Uh, moving on to second down, we do have more Maction on Wednesday. That's Maction personified, right? All right, for second down, two other Mac games on Wednesday. We have Northern Illinois at Buffalo. I'm assuming Northern Illinois will find a way to convert on fourth downs and seal the game late. And then we have Central Michigan at Ball State, which would be a good one. Central Michigan is now bowl eligible. Ball State is five and five. Still fighting for that. Northern Illinois looks like they're going to win the division. I think they clinch if they beat Buffalo. What do you got in these two games? Anything? Yeah, I'll start with Central Michigan and Ball State. Both teams top 25 in plays per minute. This is going to be super, super fast. Central Michigan is going to run that zone read. Uh, Ball State, 128th in defensive passing success rate. So when Central Michigan does decide to take it to the air, you're going to feel the fact that they're ranked 21st in big play percentage. Uh, I expect tons of scoring to happen there. Switching over to the Ball State side uh, for for offense with Plitt, I mean, it's it's been hit or miss. The offense has been good at ball protection, top 25 in havoc allowed, which is what you need against Central Michigan since they're 23rd in defensive havoc. This game is going to be extremely fast. Both offenses are not the best, 47th and 63rd in finishing drives. But they have major advantages over the defenses, which are outside the top 90 and keeping points off of the board. Both teams have advantages on offenses here, and the speed is going to be top 25 in the nation. So I projected at 61. I think the total will come out there, but an over is the way to play. This is also a spread where I see Central Michigan uh, minus two and a half on the road. So again, this is a live trading game, similar to Western Michigan, Eastern Michigan. 
Um, there's going to be a lot of points, and it's a live trading game. Could not bet under there any any world. And with Northern Illinois and Buffalo, I'm not <laughs> I'm not sure you can bet uh, Northern Illinois. I mean, you can't bet against Northern Illinois. They are the uh, ultimate horseshoe up the ass team. Uh, and, uh, you know, probably going to represent the division and, and have some key wins all by, you know, small margins, huge offensive uh, advantages over Buffalo here. We talked about how Buffalo should not be laying points to teams on the road earlier a couple of weeks ago. And now they're going to be at home. And I project Buffalo to be minus one and a half. That is bonkers. I'm looking at SP plus. They're also saying the Buffalo is going to be favored at home. So Northern Illinois is going to be a very trendy Wednesday night dog because they lead their division. But at the same time, uh, Buffalo is absolutely atrocious at defending the rush, almost outside the top 100 in line yards and rushing success. But that's what Northern Illinois does. They're 63% run the ball, top 25 in rushing success rate and 13th in line yards. So am I laying, am I, am I taking Northern Illinois as a dog here with this terrible defensive numbers that I'm staring at? I, I think that I am, you know, and Kyle Van Trees has been terrible uh, with ball protection lately. So it looks like I'm going to be back in the Huskies here. Uh, project the total. I'll probably be on Buffalo. This fourth down, this fourth down, they're they're top ten in the country in fourth down defense, and they have one of the worst defenses in the country. And fourth down offense, they are now seventeen of twenty one on the year. That's outrageous on fourth downs. You know what their opponents are? Seven of twenty one. I mean, so you're playing you're playing a dangerous game with the fourth down regression. Yeah, back in Northern Illinois. I know, I know. And then there's that something else in the bot the advanced numbers. Boy, you won't hear this on any other podcast. This is the biggest discrepancy in middle eight right here. Buffalo, their new coach, top 20 in middle eight. Northern Illinois with, with Thomas Hammock, uh, bottom 20 in middle eight. So what does that tell me? If I don't like Northern Illinois early with this short number, I probably can get a great live number about four minutes into the third quarter. Yeah, Northern Illinois does like scored in the middle eight. They scored at the, at the end on fourth downs. Yeah. All right, next week, by the way, San Diego State, under again. You didn't bet the over, right? I did not bet the over, no. Next week, next Saturday, we'll be breaking this card down all week and sharing what we got come up with later in the week on our Thursday night episode. Oklahoma, Iowa State, man, that game now just does not look as as good it was as it was going to be if uh, Iowa State and Oklahoma both won last week. Oregon, Utah should be a dandy. Oregon playing these two teams we're basically going to see again in the Pac-12 championship, but. Oregon is obviously playing for their college football playoff lives. If they lose this game, they're done. That's probably the game of the weekend. We have Wake Forest at Clemson. Might be back in my guy, Sam Hartman again. Michigan State at Ohio State. Uh, here's a prediction of the Michigan, I don't, Michigan State people that were saying, oh, we're going to upset Ohio State. And get, I think you're going to be 20 point underdogs here. Georgia, finally, I don't have to fade them this week. They're playing Charleston Southern. So we can. Uh, See, we can try to break down some Charleston Southern later on. Arkansas at Alabama, baby. Woo, pig suey. Might be going back to your boys. Woo, pig suey. Can we trust KJ Jefferson there? Looking forward to that. Michigan, as we mentioned, travels to Maryland. Oh, God. So those are some of the uh, the highlights of next weekend. Anything jumping out to you? Why you got anything circled? At least one game. What do you got? Yeah, a few games. Openers haven't come out yet, but uh, Missouri gets the win over South Carolina. Now they're going to be about eight to nine point underdogs at home against Florida, <laughs> who, I, who I think they is pro- quit. Holy shit. So, yeah, uh, Missouri, uh, you could plan on them probably being a play. Arkansas is going to be round about- robin, round robin. Arkansas is going to be about 18 point underdogs uh, against Alabama. 
I don't think that we have the blitz package with Barry Odom. He likes to sit back and prevent big plays. That's not going to work against Alabama. You have to pressure the quarterback. So I think it's a bad matchup for Arkansas. Illinois, Brett Bielema's old stomping ground of Iowa where he played. They're going to go in and be about a 16-point underdog against Iowa. We'll see how Kirk Ferentz treats that. It's a big spread for Iowa, but I think they got some motivation here. Utah, like we said, is going to be a short favorite at home. Any team that can run on Oregon can establish, you know, and keep the keep the ground game going is a team that can beat them. That's I'll have to dive deep dive into that one. It's a slobber knocker. TCU or is their season done now that they got the win? Uh, you know, they got the big upset victory. What, what did they give up to Oklahoma State? Seventy. Yeah, yeah, a ton. And now they're going to be favored by twenty over Kansas. And do you fade Kansas off of that win overtime win against Texas? So TCU is gross. Possibly going to be a look. Uh, and then um, Cincinnati, only eight, going to be favored by eight over SMU, a game that they absolutely have to have to maintain their standing. Uh, and the college football playoff is definitely worth a look. And then we may be right back on UTEP because Rice is crumbling. UTEP has lost a couple, didn't look good against North Texas. They should be around seven-point favorites against Rice. I think we'll be jumping right back on that train. Uh, and then tell me what the final – Wait, wait, we didn't hear from our minor nation guy again. Where you at, buddy? Uh, he disappears. A couple weeks in a row. You're uh, no oh. pizza party, and uh, <laughs> all you need to do is we could solve poverty and world hunger if you just bet on UTEP. We could solve all of the homelessness in the U.S. We could give pizza parties to everybody. What's going on, buddy? Give us a call. West Texas silence. And then finally, Florida Atlantic and Western Kentucky, two of the absolute fastest paces in the nation. Uh, Western Kentucky team total bet has got to be in there. It's, 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 they don't put team total numbers up to like Tuesday. But, I mean, considering the pace these two play and at the rate Western Kentucky is scoring points right now, holy shit. I mean, this, this is a 50-burger coming. The Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. The pride of the Commonwealth. Oh no! Oh no! Hell no, boy! Y'all done up and done it. Oh no! Hell no, boy! By the way, our uh, Western Kentucky Conference futures of life. Yeah, we have life. Zappy hour. Bailey Zappy. All right, it's time for us to go get to work on next week's card. Make sure you check out all of our weekday and content for next weekend at actionnetwork.com and the Action Network app. Appreciate all of you listening. Make sure you subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe, leave a review. Tell a friend, tell an enemy. We appreciate you guys listening. Let's have a huge close to the year. We will catch you all later in the week. Cheers. Peace out. <laughs>